Studio Data Branding is inviting business leaders to share news, information, and updates about their industry through the lens of marketing. Our aim is to initiate a fresh conversation that explores the latest trends, as well as the tried and true methodologies used in visual storytelling to boost brands. We look forward to engaging with you and discovering ways to enhance your brand's visibility. Welcome to Studio Data Branding. I am your host, Mauricio Romero. This is the second part of the episode on data monetization in marketing with our guest, Kevin Monley. In the last episode, Kevin shared his insights and experiences with us in a truly enlightening conversation. We encourage you to listen to the previous podcast if you miss it. Remember, Kevin is an expert in data analysis, integration, and decision intelligence. Let's continue our conversation where we left it with Kevin Monley. You mentioned also something very interesting, that we should be all scientists, and scientists do experiments. Yes. So how can we make experiments with marketing? That's... uh... That's really where analytics comes in, right? So there's various types of analytics that can be leveraged by an organization. Um, Some are just historical reporting. What happened yesterday? Some is the planogram, the 7-Eleven. What's happening right now that will support a decision that will change the outcome for today? The final one, or probably the biggest one, and the one that's hardest for companies to grasp, in my opinion, is the predictive nature, right? So how can I predict what's going to happen based on what has happened in the past and any adjustments to my planogram, right? If I change my planogram, I want to be able to predict fairly succinctly what's going to happen. So predictive analytics is where you really get into the ability to test, to experiment with, okay, my analytics tells me this, my algorithm says, if I reduce my price 10% or 10 cents, my sales should go up 14%. So let's test that in the analytics system, not in real world, but in an analytics system where I can use artificial intelligence to bring these algorithms to bear, to predict market response, to the changes that I make to my product or my pricing or my positioning or any other aspect of what it is I'm marketing. Um, And so that's where experimentation comes in. And yes, uh, having a level of of knowledge about predicting things and, and, and trends and consumer behavior is all melded into a scientific model that allows companies to do those predictions. Wow, that's amazing. In marketing, we do a lot of A-B testings, but uh, it's not predictive. We have to go trial and error and see right. what happens. Correct. But, uh, yeah, right. you, you, you need, you're taking this to the next step. You have all the data, so. Yeah, you have companies that are in business hundreds of years. And yeah, they, they've been, most companies have been collecting certainly data for 10 or 15 years. And the ability to trend that data and to go back and look at specific moments in time when we increased production to lower our cost of goods, right? So we've ramped up production to get a lower cost. So we've been in more profit margin, but we flooded the market and we had leftover product. So now I have that experience. I have that knowledge and I factor that into my algorithm and I factor that into my analytics. I raised my price and here's what the consumer did in response. I changed the color and here's what the consumer did in response. Kevin, 
what are some of the common challenges companies face when monetizing their data uh, for marketing purposes? Biggest challenges in any business or, uh, around anything, marketing specifically as well, though, it's really, it's data ownership. Who owns the data? Who's responsible for the data? Um, the silos historically have been owned by the departments and they they have done all the care and feeding. But as we get to the to the world and, and the paradigm of breaking down these silos, there has to be corporate ownership of data and it has to be very well defined. Again, you're driving towards what's called the single source of truth. Therefore, everybody relies on that source of data and trusts that it says the same thing to marketing as it says to sales. And you can't, you know, sure, liars can figure, but figures can't lie, right? That, that old saying, right? The facts are the facts. Who's manipulating those facts is, is part of the equation that you have to consider. But at the core, organizations must clearly define that data ownership. The quality of that data, the veracity of that data, the velocity of that data, the, 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 the democratizing of that data has to be defined at the corporate level and communicated so that everybody's working from the same page of data. I think there is another big problem, our lack of imagination. Departments don't know what to do with data. We need an expert like you that can show us what you can do with that data. I appreciate I, that. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, people are in jobs that they are experienced in and that they, again, well, I've been filling out this spreadsheet for you know five years and I keep putting it in that inbox over there but I don't really understand it. Again, it's that level of understanding that is critical to making business decisions, but you have to be creative. You have to go out to the outside world and experience what's happening at, you're a consumer. It, 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 as a consumer, you should be aware of what's happening in your local grocery store, your local retailer, your, your big box retailer, right? Be aware of your surroundings and allow that to become part of your understanding when you look at your company's data. Relate your outside world experience to the information that you're seeing inside your company and you're, you'll know, either your gut will tell you or reason will tell you that what the company is saying is not what you're seeing on the street, right? So today we're seeing a boom in construction everywhere. So if all you based your life on was what you, the cranes you see outside building buildings, then you would think that we are in the greatest economic, you know, um, expansion we've ever seen. But then you go and you go to a retail store and people are clipping coupons left and right because they can't make ends meet at the end of the week. So you have to have both of those things in your mind when you're looking at your company's data and making in informed decisions based on what you're seeing. So you're right, creativity, the, ab the ability to bring into your thinking things outside the box of your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Kevin, I know Cash Tech has a process. How does Cash Tech help clients overcome these obstacles? In our experience at Cash Tech, which um, I'm really proud to say with our with our team it's it's over 200 years of experience in data and analytics on our team um, varied diverse 
experience across multiple industries, um, big and small businesses inside and outside the software world. Uh, so we've been inside software companies and we've been at the consumer side of people who buy that software and then try to make it work, right? It sounds great when a sales pitch comes at you and it's supposed to do everything that uh, you want it to do that you've said you need it to do. But when you sit down in front of it, it's daunting, it's overwhelming, um, it's hard to it's hard to adopt, right? So it's hard to utilize and leverage. So at CashTech, we have a methodology that we call best of fit. And our best of fit, we walk into an organization when we're you know invited into an organization, right? We 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 work hard to be invited in. Um, our goal is to become your trusted advisor to really be honest with you, to tell you where things aren't going well, to think, tell you the things you're doing extremely well. Um, but we look at three core things, your people, your processes, and the technology that you have in place. So we consider those things, just like, as I was saying, if you go out into the real world and you see the cranes, but you see the lines that, that at a Walmart and the coupons, it's two different perspectives, right? So you have people, process, and technology, and we look at all of those perspectives when we're looking at a business and the challenges that they're facing and trying to overcome their data management needs or trying to overcome their analytics challenges. We look to see what systems do you have in place and where do you already have skill sets so that any solution that we put in place, we want to leverage all the good that your company already has within its people process and technologies. We're not going to rip stuff out and wholesale put new in and make everything different. When everything's different, adoption goes through the floor. No one's using the new solution. They're going back and doing it manually, right? So you have to be sensitive to um, the impact of any given change or solution on the people processes and technology of an organization. And our goal is to leverage all three of those to the greatest extent so that any solution that we bring to the table or that we present, we will compare against all three of those and tell you the impact on all three components of your business. So yes, this one, this is a big technology impact because it's a whole new software suite and you don't have anybody on your staff that's trained in it. So then we'll do the human change management to get people trained and to ensure that they're going to be capable in working in that environment. If it's your processes, right? Doing this is going to change your production floor process. We're working on a project right now where we're doing what's called digitization. So currently the company collects all their data manually on printed pages. So we're replacing those printed pages with a solution that is a digital solution. So they're on tablets now. So now they have a pen and they're writing information in or they're typing information in or they're doing drop down boxes to collect all of this data that changes their entire production floor process. So we've had to put special effort into working with those individuals in that process. The people are very capable. It's not that they're not skilled to do it, but it is changing their process. And sometimes it's the people. And in human change management, um, and, and we have partners that we bring to bear when there's specific human change management concerns that we have to address. People need to be coached. They need to be mentored. They need to be feel included. They need to be brought in on decision-making, at least at some level, and they need to be over-communicated with when you're making a change to their world. 
Kevin, and what kind of projects does CashTep typically has? I know we've talked about marketing, but you can be in any part, well, as you said, in, in production, you can be in the financial part. What's the most typical uh, project you have and the ones that you have the most uh, impact on the organizations? They're very, it's really diverse. But if I was to, to say, we enter in almost certainly to a, to a vast majority of our clients through finance because finance is so numbers driven, right? And analyzing those numbers can take either a suite of people or a suite of solution, right? And so looking to be efficient and effective and use their resources wisely, finance is looking for ways to accelerate their ability to analyze that data. So that's always, not always, but generally the first step in, but it's a small impact because they're already doing it. They're just doing it manually. So all we're really doing is automating and adding some enhancements. Where we have the most impact is where things are being done manually, where, where manual intervention is required um, in their process. We are heavily moving into manufacturing because we're finding that to be a ripe area for this digitization process, which begins the journey or what is called the, the digital transformation journey. So digital transformation is taking a business from, again, paper and, and sort of analog decision-making and thinking and bringing them into the more, the broader um, data and analytics-driven um, processes and including social media, right? The whole social science side of all of this. Companies want to know what's happening out there, not just within our four walls. And being able to bring that external data to play really that comes into the marketing organization. So marketing has been clamoring for this outside information and data so they can incorporate it into their considerations and into their campaigns. And so we see a lot of benefit in the marketing side as well, um, which I think was, was so excited about our conversation about this topic was just, we are seeing such a hunger in marketing for these third-party sets of data that would allow them, will allow them to really optimize their campaigns and their spend, which is the whole point, right? Yes, I want to spend, but I want to spend wisely. And so optimizing their spend, which then is a result of optimizing their campaigns because of the information they know. So where we are changing from manual analog type interaction to digital interaction is a big part of what we do, and that's again, more in the manufacturing space, but bringing in these third party sets of data and identifying these outside providers of data that companies can then leverage is driven by the marketing department. Kevin, how do you see the role of data in marketing evolving in the next few years? Just growing and growing and growing. Um, again, more and more and more third-party providers are showing up every day. There's more people out there collecting data, um, whether it's off of, again, social media, whether it's out of retail outlets, whether it's logistics data, whether it's um, resource, raw material data, right? That you don't know yet. Yeah, marketing can't do a campaign for tennis shoes if rubber is in short supply. I'm not going to drive demand in an area where my costs are going to go up and am I really going to make profit on that demand because the underlying costs are going to be too high to do the production. 
So marketing has to be concerned now, which they hadn't in the past. They really have to be concerned with these logistics factors that have not been part of their purview. And we're helping them understand that and see that. How I see it in the future is there's a big opportunity of making real customized or personalized campaigns to clients. If we could have the data of what have they bought in the past, what do they like, what are their preferences, and then we can mix or correlate, as you said, those information with, uh, they're getting into our website, what kind of information they're looking right now. Imagine if we can take all of that, and well, with the artificial intelligence, we can make really great campaigns. And I still see uh, companies, I don't know, uh, getting into their email uh, campaigns, and they are still not customizing anything for you. You are just a number. In fact, if you get into a clothes company, they're going to send you probably women's clothes. So that doesn't make sense unless it's the birthday of uh, someone, especially your daughter, your wife. It makes sense. And that would be great. But yeah, we're missing that. And I think that's where studio data branding really makes an impact, right? Is someone that can, again, come into customers like we're going into, right? As that trusted advisor to really help them understand that consumer level, that that unique person that is visiting their website, making a purchase, and what you have you have insights as to as we were when we were talking the other day, just just generally questions or data collection that is easy to do as part of a sales transaction that most companies and marketing departments aren't looking to capture. And you bring those insights that you can say, hey, when they're at this point in their decision-making, see if you can't capture this piece of data. If you can get this piece of data from them as to why this versus this. So, so you clicked on these two jackets. Why, you know, try and collect some amount of data rather than just drive the sale transaction use that inner, inner interface, that engagement with that consumer to collect additional data may seem ancillary at the moment, but it may be the key that unlocks a market for you that you haven't seen. And I thought that when you brought that to my attention in the conversation we had before was, was really insightful. Yes. Or even understanding, as we talked at the beginning, how how they are making those decisions, what information in terms of uh, that intelligent decision we should put in there so they can take their this purchase decision forward. How are they buying? What kind of information can we provide? So you help them decide. You, you want to get them to click buy, but what is it they need? What assurance do they need? What stimulation do they need to make that fight, get them over the hurdle, right? Um, in some cases, maybe it's, they really like the product, but it's just not the right color. Right. And, you know, well, then do you really want them to buy it? If you're then having to deal with a return, right? I think that's the other thing that companies lose sight of is their retailer bears the burden of the return. And that's what they demand is that they have these return policies. Right. But it would be who of the retailer to not ship something that has a propensity to be returned, right? So what do they need to know? What do they know about their returns that will help them clarify in their 
presentation to the next consumer and alleviate that one aspect of a return. So when I buy online, one of, one of my concerns is fit, right? So I look at their, you know, their size charts and I go through that process, but I ultimately also look at the comments and I look for consumers that comment on fit and I try to get some information around that, but I'm probably a unique consumer. Many people wouldn't do that. I want to avoid a return. I want a product that I want and I want to keep it when it comes. I don't want to have to take it back. So what can marketers do to help limit returns? How much information can they gather? How can they present information in a way that will not only increase sales, but reduce returns? Because there's a cost factor to that, right? So every return is restocked and there's costs associated with that. Um, but what else can they find out from the consumer along that decision path that they're not capturing today, right? So I didn't buy. Well, why didn't you buy? What was, what was the reason you didn't buy? Yes. Not enough information about fit. Yeah, really if important. Marketers had that information. If they had that feedback, mm -hmm. it's just a data element. Give me 15 reasons as to why I didn't make the purchase and ask me to pick two or three. Yes. Right? No one does that. Ask the client. It's as easy as the, that. Ask the client. I love it. Exactly. Ask the client. People will share information to a certain extent. But finding a way to reward that buyer for providing you that extra information that in the long term will make your their experience and future buyer experiences better is invaluable. So is it fill out, tell me why you didn't buy and get 10% off your next purchase, right? Some kind of an offer that closes them and makes them want to come back to you. One, you're showing interest in why they ended up not purchasing your product. So it means you're engaged with them. And two, you're going to give them a value proposition associated with telling you the information you're asking for. So I think an offer of some kind for that extra information is, um, is critical in being able to capture that. But again, I think for marketing and for sales, having that ancillary information and being able to correlate that through your process and your, and your analytics will will just drive the next level of experience with your client. Yes, and it's really important because it's developing that experience. At the end, we're making business with humans. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we miss that part. Yeah. And Kevin, what advice would you give the companies that are just starting to explore this potential of uh, moving their data forward? Um, be honest to yourselves about where you are in that journey. Be, be clear as to what experience you have in being able to engage in that process. What they'll find is that is not their business, right? Companies are not in the business of monetizing data. Companies are not in the business of defining quality, actionable insight decision-making, right? They need it, but it is not the core of what they do. So from that, those two perspectives, find a really good partner, 
Find someone who has that experience, who brings to the table the ability to see perspectives that you're not aware of, right? And then also find in that partner or in that partner community, a partner that understands that consumer side, right? Someone like data branding that can really understand where the consumer is coming from and the actions of the consumer and how that then impacts the business. But having good partners that you trust that are that are experts in the areas where you as a business are not are is highly important. But before you can get there is being really honest with yourselves as an organization what are we good at and what is our core purpose? My core purpose at CashTech is data and analytics. I live it, we live it, breathe it, create it. So that's what we focus on. That is our expertise. And we bring that to the table as a royal flush to make, you know, to help you win. That's amazing. And Kevin, are there any other resources or tools you recommend for our viewers to, uh, who want to learn more about data monetization or how to start a, a data project? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's, there's lots. I mean, there, there, the, the, you know, Google is a, is a, uh, is a gold mine of information, but it's also uh, a pitfall of information because it's not targeted. It doesn't, take you into consideration. It only takes your search criteria into consideration. So if you're looking for real information and insights, if you're looking for understanding around data and analytics projects, I would recommend going to cashtechllc.com and you will find a library full of use cases and blogs and white papers around the technologies themselves but also the business processes and the business challenges themselves. So we are not purely a technical company. So yes, we have highly skilled technical resources, but we are a business focused company. So a great deal of our experience comes from the business side of the equation. And we couple that with the technology capabilities of our core developers uh, and our teams, both here onshore and in India, our offshore team, to be able to bring that perspective of the business to life as a solution um, that is adoptable and, and usable by their, their departments and their, their frontline people that gives them great insight into what's going on within the organization and the market and provides them with the actionable insights to make high quality decisions and drive the company to success. What I've learned today, Kevin, is that You'll never know what you're, you you can do with your data until you start a conversation with an expert like you. So, how could our audience contact you or CashTech? Uh, again, through our website. Um, yep, uh, we can share the information here on Studio Data Branding with my contact information, uh, where they can reach out to me directly. But um, and if they have immediate questions that they wish to have answered, obviously that's the fastest route. Having a conversation with someone like me or one of our other solution managers will get them a clearer understanding of what they're trying to accomplish. We have we offer what uh, we call a free discovery call. So for one hour, you get a solution architect and you get a business consultant that will listen to your concerns. 
hear what you're trying to accomplish and give you good, solid direction and insight into your next steps. So take advantage of that. Uh, we it's Again, it's free. You just reach out to us. Um, let us know that you want to have a conversation around any of your business challenges when it comes to technology. Uh, we do things beyond data and analytics, but that is our focus. Um, but any kind of technology challenges that you're having, we can certainly have a conversation with you and are open to having that conversation. If we can't deliver on it, we have partners who can. So we have a very wide, diverse partner community that we are attached to and connected with that bring different types of capabilities to the table. That's wonderful. Yeah, pe people should take advantage of this offer. And uh, Kevin, do you have any final thoughts or key takeaways that you want to leave with our audience? I do. Um, I want to thank you very much for this opportunity. It's been phenomenal to talk about data and analytics, but certainly data monetization in the marketing world. Uh, there are so many opportunities that that can be capitalized on and provide great results for businesses. They, To your point, they just don't know where to start and we're there to help them start. Um, but data, data monetization is indeed for everyone, big and small, small little companies that have any kind of data, can take that data to better understand their market and to drive revenue that they're not getting today. Um, data will be a key to unlocking new opportunities and new, new channels of distributing their product and new ways of reaching a consumer, whether that's another business, B2B, or whether that's the actual consumer in the marketplace. Data is the key to reaching those customers and telling them why you're the best product or service for them. Kevin, we need to talk again or invite you again. So if you are listening to us in the audience and you have a specific problems or challenges in terms of data, well, leave it in the comments and the next time we invite Kevin, we talk about them. Absolutely. So Kevin, thank you so much. We learned a ton in here. It was a wonderful conversation and thank you so much for being here. You're welcome, Mauricio. Thank you for having me. So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We truly appreciate your time and support. Before we sign off, we'd like to remind you to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Subscribing not only ensures you never miss an episode, but also helps us reach a wider audience. If you've enjoyed what you heard today, please consider leaving a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, or topics you'd like us to cover in the future episodes, don't hesitate to contact us. We'll catch you in the next episode.